You have found the Runaround Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country and track and field, professional road running, triathlon, and trail running in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. Hello, everyone, and thanks for finding the Runaround Iowa. On this podcast, I decided... There's so much news going on between distance running and cross country, even marathons, that I thought I'd just do a podcast on all of the news that's going on. So without further ado, a lot to get into. I'll jump into actually the uh, bit of news that came out most recently, and that was on Wednesday when two former Iowa collegians, including one who grew up in Iowa, have been named to the <clears throat> inaugural USA team that will be competing at the World Athletics Road Running Championships in Riga, Latvia on October 1st. Selected to the men's half marathon team are former Sioux City North and Iowa Central runner Bia Sambasa and former Drake University standout Reed Fisher. They are on the four-man team that includes Jacob Thompson and Futsum Zelenasi. Zelenasi. Uh, that'll be competing in, uh, like I said, uh, way, way over uh, in Latvia uh, coming up next month. Uh, Sambasa, uh, a great pick here. He was the 2021 USATF um, road circuit champion as well as the winner this year of the Big 7 in Davenport, a race I was at. And he's coming off a sensational marathon debut of 2.10.34 at Prague, Czechoslovakia, in May. Uh, he also has the best time of the four men that have been chosen, and that is um, 60.37. Um, that was at Valencia, Spain. So Bia, uh, who, like I said, ran for North Iowa Central before running for Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, is now a, an Under Armour runner uh, living now in Flagstaff, Arizona. As for Reed Fisher, uh, Drake University record holder, um, he is a guy who is coming off a winner of the Chicago Half Marathon in June and owns a, a, a PR in the half of 61.37, just a minute slower than Bia from uh, way back in 2020. Um, but this season, he's run 61.51 for the half. And um, the Tin Man Elite athlete who grew up in Minnetonka, Minnesota, he owns team records for, for the Tin Man group um, in the 10,000 of 28.12, the 10-mile 46.40, the half marathon at 61.37 that I mentioned, and the marathon 210.54, which is just 20 seconds slower than Bia. So that's the that's the team that will be competing um, in the championships there. And I want to mention that Reed, um, like I said, a Tin Man Elite athlete, um, he lives in Boulder, Colorado. So those two gentlemen heading off to represent Team USA. And Reed actually um, put out something that was uh, on um, on Instagram here. He put out something on Instagram about how excited he was about the opportunity. Uh, really thrilled about it. Um, he said he in, that, in this post, uh, he earned his first spot. He was 22 year old kid. He calls himself a kid. Um, 
Now, uh, he says, uh, in 2023, earning a spot on Team USA means a whole lot more. I realize that this opportunity is a reflection of the people who pour themselves into me and a reflection of the discipline and hard work I pour into my training in an effort to repay those people. So um, that's um, that's pretty good. And he also um, mentions also that um, this, was, this was a goal to make this team. Um, and it said it gave me direction and purpose during a difficult and turbulent 2023 for our family. So I don't know what's going on there with his family, but um, um, but he says it's hard to describe the wave of emotion that washed over me when I received confirmation that I'd been selected. So obviously, Reed's very excited, and I'll be excited to watch his progress and his result uh, in Latvia. I had to chuckle a little bit when um, it was announced on September 11th that, uh, well, the Grand Blue Mile was part of a world record. It's the, the uh, official ratification by World Athletics, the Times, run by Nikki Hiltz and Sam Prakel, both Americans, at the this spring's 2023 Grand Blue Mile and USA Championships is uh, the official world record in the road mile. Now that's uh, because the road mile became an official world record discipline as of September 1st. So uh, this was uh, announced by the World Athletics Council in uh, November of last year that the fastest time recorded in the world between January 1st and September 1st of this year would be recognized as the world records. Well, Hiltz and Prakel ran the fastest during that time. So that's a great honor for uh, the Grand Blue Mile and USA <laughs> Championships. Where it gets a little bit uh, comical on my end is that um, it has been announced that in celebration of these achievements, this is from the press release, and the pride they bring to the city of Des Moines, an honorary street naming has been approved by the Des Moines City Council. Um, they are going to put up a sign at 13th Street as World Record Way between Grand Avenue and Locust Street to uh, celebrate the proud legacy of the Grand Blue Mile. Now, why am I laughing about, th about this? This sign is going to become quickly outdated. Um, and, and maybe even before the signs even get put up, uh, we might have the world record be broken by then. So um, uh, it's, uh, and, and, you know, Drake has jumped all on, all on board on this because they're even having a flash sale that ends tonight as I'm recording this um, to uh, offer $10 for the Grand Blue Mile. Uh, you can enter it um, uh, through tonight. World record flash sale is what they're calling it. Um, yeah, so, and with that $10, you get a free, not only that, you get a free limited edition commemorative keychain resembling the honorary record way sign street sign to be placed near the race's finish. Why am I certain that the Grand Blue Mile and USA One Mile Championships record run in Des Moines is going to be broken? Well, I just mentioned that the World Athletics Road Running Championships are going to be held in Latvia this October, where you're going to find dozens of the world's best middle distance runners showing up 
to race. And that is going to be a certified course that is going to be eligible for the world record. Now, you're probably wondering, well, I just watched the Fifth Avenue Mile in New York, uh, where Josh Kerr uh, of Great Britain, uh, the recent world champion, um, runs 347.9. That's uh, much faster than the time um, set by uh, Sam Prakel uh, when he ran um, 401.21. And also uh, Gemma Riki, another uh, British runner who's Scottish, ran 419.4 in the rain in Manhattan. Um, that was well under Hiltz's time of 427.97. Well, Fifth Avenue Mile is not eligible for uh, this Road Mile World Championship uh, record. So that's why it's not. Did a little research on that. Um, but the Latvia race is going to be eligible. Hiltz knows what's going on. Uh, when she was interviewed on NBC before the Fifth Avenue Mile, they asked her, well, you're a world record holder. And she had that sheepish smile like, yeah, this is great. But she knew, and she she knows very well that uh, that time at the Grand Blue Mile um, is not going to hold up at all. And in fact, she ran um, six seconds faster at uh, the uh, Fifth Avenue Mile on a wet track. And like I said, uh, this record, uh, which Des Moines is so proud of, apparently, um, is going to be in real jeopardy in a very short time. So the signs... They can put them up, but uh, uh, within weeks, uh, those records are probably going to be going down. As I mentioned on this podcast before, Betsy Sina, uh, former Iowa State NCAA champion and nine-time Big 12 champion, will be going into the Iowa State Athletics Hall of Fame uh, that ceremony will be taking place on Friday, September 22nd at the Sukup End Zone Club uh, at, in Ames at uh, Jack Trice Stadium. But before she does, she's got a little business to, to take care of down in Sydney, Australia. She'll be running in the Sydney Marathon coming up this weekend, uh, racing the streets of Sydney as her final tune-up before the USA Olympic Marathon Trials, where if everything goes well and she stays healthy, uh, Betsy's going to be one of the favorites to make the American team based on her performances. She's going to be definitely uh, one of the handful of names there that you're going to be listening, uh, hearing about uh, in the before the race uh, in Orlando coming up in February. But like I said, she's got some business to do in Sydney, running that marathon, eager to do that. And then she takes a quick flight back to the States, back to Ames to be honored for her great accomplishment. Uh, one of the great distance runners in Iowa State history. Wish her bell in Sydney this weekend. And there's another former Cyclone who will be entering a major marathon coming up on September 24th. That would be Annie Frisbee, who is going to be running the Berlin Marathon very fast, one of the majors um, on that day in Germany as she gets ready for the U.S. Olympic trials as well as Betsy. They did not run together as Iowa State uh, teammates. There was a couple years gap between the two, uh, but... Uh, 
Well, Annie will be running in Berlin on the 24th. Actually, this podcast is pretty heavy toward her team, the Minnesota Distance Elite. There's a lot of news that came out. Uh, I'll start with, uh, I guess, well, maybe the, well, I, I don't know if it's the bigger of the news, but uh, uh, Minnesota Distance Elite came out uh, with some comings and goings recently. And unfortunately, uh, Katie uh, German, uh, who uh, we all know as Katie Moen when she ran for Wapsie Valley and for Iowa State. She's been a member of what was uh, the Minnesota, before the Minnesota Distance Elite, Team Minnesota USA, USA uh, team there. Before that, um, she's been a member for eight years of this team, and she has stepped aside. And um, I cannot remember for the life of me what the problem was, but she had some sort of a condition where she couldn't run uh, at a very high level. And um, back in June, um, she was one the featured uh, athlete in their newsletter. And I'm going to kind of read um, what she had to say. She said, running-wise, I'm still unable to exercise aerobically in the way that I would like. However, I've made significant strides in other ways, which one could argue is much more important. I'm hopeful for a full return yet. I'm holding on to a lot of gratitude for the small successes I am seeing. In some ways, life is long. At some point, I will be able to compete again. Well, um, it's not going to be with uh, Minnesota Distance Elite. She's decided that for all intents and purposes, um, her uh, competitive career looks over. Really sad. Um, she was a two-time Big 12 champion. Um, really was at one time looking like one of Americans, America's top uh, marathoners. Um, had some really phenomenal success there, like 2019, 2020 were some of her best years. She ran the U.S. trials that year in, in 2020. So um, just too bad that she's stepping aside for the team. Um, not unexpected because I did talk to her uh, at – the Blazing 5K uh, last year, was it? Maybe it was 2020. Maybe it was the first. It must have been the first year. Yeah. It was the first year in 2020. I talked to her then. And this is when she kind of revealed the problems that she was going through at the time and never could shake those. Um, so that's really unfortunate. Um, and, well, um, I some other news here. Um is that uh, Murga, <laughs> who I've had on my podcast, and I want to make sure that I pronounce his name, Murga Gameta, um, he's going to be joining the Minnesota Distance Elite. So that's exciting. He put out on Instagram this week that he's decided to take the professional plunge uh, and run with this group. So uh, a lot, uh, what? One uh, Iowan leaves and one uh, comes in. Uh, Murga, it's interesting because um, he's a South Dakota runner and he's joining a team where his teammate now is going to be Joseph Minor Williams, who, if you remember my conversation with Josh Yeager, uh, they were roommates at South Dakota State. Well, uh, Joseph also battled with Murga in the 10,000 final at the Summit League championships one of the one of the real best uh college races of the year uh battled right to the finish it was it was right at the line uh, i think there was 0.17 of a second difference between the two 
Minor Williams uh, took the Summit League 10,000 title that day in May of last year, of, of this year, uh, last season. And um, so now they're going to be teammates because uh, Joseph Minor Williams has been with the team for uh, a couple months, I want to say. So Murga made it official. Um, well, it was six days ago. Um, and I'll just quote him here, what he's thinking. Um, six months ago, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep running after college, nevertheless professionally. But after the crazy outdoor season, I started considering it and have come to the decision to give it a try and see how far these legs can take me. I'm excited for the journey ahead and looking forward to training with a talented group of people. And uh, I commented on his post there on Instagram, really excited for him. Um, he, uh, former Sioux City North runner, um, did, like I said, very well at South Dakota, record holder there for the, for the Yotes up there. Um, so, um, uh, wish him the best with the Minnesota distance elite team and going back to Josh Yeager, uh, all of these ties go in with Josh here. Um, he is scheduled. Um, they have him down to run at that TC 5k uh, the, the weekend of the Twin Cities Marathon. He's down to run the 5K. Let's see if he does it, but um, their, uh, their newsletter has him to run it. So let's hope that Josh can toe the line and we can see uh, the result that my guest that I had on for one year um, can do in that race. Uh, really eager to see former center pointer Banna athlete uh, race again. On to ultra marathons, and my thoughts are going out to Pete Kostelnik, former Boone resident, uh, Iowan. We'll call him an Iowan. Uh, I ran with him when he ran across the U.S. That was so fun, uh, meeting up with Pete uh, after I had broken three hours at Chicago. Met up with him right around uh, Davenport area. Uh, got to run with him for a mile and a half during his uh, long journey across the U.S., that year, uh, way back in, uh, well, 2018. Uh, Pete, anyway, getting back to what I was going to talk about, was involved in a really nasty car accident. Um, he was getting ready for the Leadville 100, apparently, up in Colorado Springs. And, um, and he says, uh, he and two others were heading back to my camp after dinner, slowing down to turn, and they just got broadsided by a car going too fast from behind. He was sitting in back where he took the brunt of the blow there, um, thought it was just going to be um, some minor uh, fractures and concussion. Well, he ends up uh, fracturing his pelvis really seriously, so much that he had to be uh, helicoptered out to uh, Colorado Springs. Um, this happened uh, just about almost four weeks ago, um, so he had to have... Um, he had to have his pelvis um, screwing it back together again. That just sounds so painful. Um, geez. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, won some of the biggest races in the world. Uh, Badville. Uh, not Badville. <laughs> well, I've got Leadville on my mind. Um, you know, he's he's won um, uh, Badwater. Badwater. Jeez. I'm, Badwater. He's won Badwater um, a couple times. Um, just really, uh, one of the legends, uh, in ultra distance running, but, um, he had to have surgery to get all that done. Um, 
in Colorado Springs. And um, about three weeks ago, he made it back to Flagstaff, but he said it was really one of the most painful uh, trips that he's ever had to make uh, getting back home. So um, it's going to be a long recovery for Pete. Um, just wishing him the, the best, uh, the quickest recovery for him. That's just, that just uh, stinks that, um, you know, he not only uh, had a race derailed, but more importantly, you know, his health and that it's going to take uh, uh, weeks, if not months for him to get healthy. And he did, by the way, turn 36 during this whole ordeal when he was recovering from surgery. So um, just um, like I said, uh, best of thoughts for him. Um, yeah, he just turned 36, I believe, on Tuesday. Yeah, um, just a couple days ago. So thinking about you, Pete. Hopefully it goes well and uh, love to see you uh, out somewhere on the roads or trails uh, someday soon again. All right, distance runners, we're known to be pretty honest people, right? I mean, we know that the hard work that goes into running a marathon, half marathon, any sort of race, you know, you really, you really work hard for it. You really want to make sure that you run the entire distance uh, to earn your medal or whatever's at the end of the finish line at the end of the race. Uh, and you want to, you know, congratulate your fellow competitors, even though you might lose to them, maybe. You shake their hand, right? I mean, uh, it's good sportsmanship. Um, you know, we're known for, you know, 99% of us are uh, do the right thing, right? You always hear the occasional uh, people, the, the, the bad eggs out there who, uh, who don't, you know, who try to find a way to cheat. Well, I read this story um, in, uh, in a story about the Mexico City Marathon. Uh, it was held on August 27th. Uh, race organizers had to disqualify 11,000 runners, 11,000 for cheating at the, I want to get this name right, the XL Mexico City Marathon sponsored by Telcel. Um, this is not just a few people that have cheated. Um, that was a third, more than a third of the total 30,000 30, participants in the August 27th race. Um, organizers of the race <laughs> disqualified these people after launching an investigation after receiving complaints that runners had used cars, bikes, and public transportation to cut sections of the course, a Mexican newspaper reports. They were missing checkpoints. That's how the officials knew that they were cheating that were placed every five kilometers along the, um, you know, the 26.2 mile course. Um, race organizers in a statement to a Mexican newspaper said the Mexico City Sports Institute informs that it'll proceed to identify those cases in which participants have demonstrated an, an unsportsmanlike attitude toward the event and will invalidate their times. Um, <laughs> so, um, and, and this Mexico City Marathon is, is a big deal. I mean, it's a World Athletics gold label status race. So it's, so it's you know, top of the line there as far as World Athletics uh, is concerned. Uh, above the silver level, which if you've listened to a previous podcast, you know um, what silver status means. But 
It's awarded the status uh, to events that have the strictest standards for planning, organization, and delivery. Uh, and, um, and, you know, I thought, wow, that's just, well, maybe, you know, some of these runners just, you know, maybe they, maybe they just, you know, went down, you know, a different road or something. Maybe they took down a different road. No, this has been going on at this event for years. Um, 6,000 runners uh, were DQ'd and denied finishers medals, accused of cheating in 2017. And then another 3,090 accused of cheating at at 2018. So there you have it. if you want the biggest cheaters in the world, apparently they're in Mexico. That's where you find them, the people running in the Mexico City Marathon. They want something for nothing. They want to uh, pay their entry fee, cheat part of the course, and get their uh, medal for finishing. <laughs> or maybe setting a new PR. with A, a PR in air quotes is what I'm calling it. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess... Um, I guess that really uh, blows my mind when you think that um, that the that the IMT Des Moines Marathon doesn't even have ten thousand runners in it. Uh, can you imagine the New York City Marathon or the Boston Marathon having um, a third of its field just cut the course, cheat like that? Um, it 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 really does uh, beg the bigger question that. You know what is um, Mexico City Marathon organizers? You know doing there. They're obviously uh, they got time checkpoints and they're monitoring these people well. But if it's happened, you know, two other big substantial years in the in the past, maybe they need to ban some athletes um, who have done it now. Maybe you need to just uh, just outlaw them completely, ban them from ever running an event. Uh, the, the the article I read. Did not say anything about a ban, but it seems like that's uh, what ne- needs to happen in order to clean up the sport. But um, yeah, you you, you want to find cheaters? You uh, you go down to the country of Mexico. There's plenty of them down there who want to cheat the sport of marathoning and distance running. Before I go, I want to tell you about my next podcast guest. This is very exciting for me. Uh, I have reached out to Sam Grotewald, who is general manager. Uh, He's the one who uh, runs the uh, professional athlete program for the New York City uh, Marathon. Uh, He works the, what, the Fifth Avenue Mile that just happened. He was busy in New York. Uh, If you follow him on Twitter, he called it the best race in the world. Uh, So uh, I got to definitely question him about that, about why he thinks the Fifth Avenue Mile is the greatest race um, road race in the world. Um, so that'll be exciting. And the reason he's on this show, he's a former Simpson college grad. So this is pretty exciting. Um, how he ended up in Iowa and, uh, his, uh, journey toward becoming, uh, an athlete representative here. And, uh, one of the big shots with the New York road runners. So that's coming out here in about a week. Sam Grotewald will be on the show next time. And, um, thank you all for listening. And uh, happy running, everyone. We'll uh, catch Sam next week.